0: Welcome to Forward Talks, a podcast by Goombook on moving towards sustainability in the region and beyond. I'm Tatiana Antonelli, recording from my home this week, and I hope you're all staying home and safe as well. Our episode today, recorded by Web Conference, is with Saida Labar, the founder managing director of AESG a specialist consultancy firm focused on energy, sustainable development and urban improvement with offices in Dubai and Abu Dhabi and London. Said shared how AESG approaches urban development, the impact of the situation due to the novel coronavirus on the construction industry and his take on a more circular approach to construction. He's also been on the World Green Business Council for nearly nine years. ASG has been working on improving building design, efficiency and overall sustainability by studying the climate and microclimates around construction sites. Recently, they've also built some AI tools to help assess what shape and orientation a building should take for efficiency.
1: And then once we do that, we then work very closely in the design process to make sure that we're um specifying the right types of systems that are used, you know, so what type of AC systems are used, what type of lighting is used, um, you know, how can we better best insulate the building? And then you know working to sort of detail the solutions um, throughout the process. And then you know ultimately during during construction we're we're managing that and making sure that the, the objectives that have been set in the design and how you've set those criteria then followed through um into implementation um, at the end. Um, and, and obviously then transitioning that into the operations team.
0: So back in December 2019, uh, you were also a signatory to the World Green Building Council's uh, Net Zero Carbon Buildings commitment. And that also uh, has launched a pathway to net zero design, which is a, a tool that you provide your clients uh, to achieve Net zero carbon buildings. Can you tell us more also about this specific tool?
1: Yeah, so so basically the, the basis of this is that obviously the World Green Building Council has has launched a call to action for, for net zero carbon buildings, and this relates obviously to the Paris Agreement that we as a building sector need to be net zero carbon by 2050 to enable the, the goals of the Paris Agreement to be achieved. Um, and the first step on that is making sure that any new buildings that, that we develop are net zero carbon by 2030. So. Firstly, for our own um, operations, it's transitioning everything to be net zero carbon uh, during this year, Um, so for offices and and aspects as well. Um, And then for all of the projects that we do, any design project we're involved in is to provide our clients with a pathway of how they can achieve net zero carbon um, on their project, even if it's not something that we specifically ask for. We feel that it's a very important element to do because one of the barriers to people not looking at net zero buildings is the perception that it's a very high cost, it's very difficult. But we feel as kind of designers, engineers, that, that if we actually show them what it looks like, you know, and what it was going to cost potentially, then that will lead more of them to understand, um, you know, what it entails and will will lead to more clients taking the decision to, to adopt net zero principles or at least become much more aware of them. So to do that, we have sort of developed a tool, um, you know, software-based simulation tool where we can take projects and, and apply this tool to it to, to be able to 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 develop the net zero carbon strategy. So that would be in terms of you know, for this building to be net zero, you know, what what's that going to look like in terms of the glass that's used or the, the walls that are used, the lighting, the air conditioning, you know, how much solar panels are going to be required. And um, So it's really so we can create those things. So rather than, you know, when you go to you know, a client and say, yeah, we should make your building net zero, that can sound quite scary. But if you say, well, actually if you do this, this, and this, you're at net zero, and that it's in a format they can understand and how much it's going to potentially cost. So so that's that's what we've developed and, and now starting to roll out on onto projects. Um and we've got, you know, a few projects underway that are um looking to to achieve net zero carbon. Um, which are going through design at the moment.
0: One of the aspects you're really um, looking to is is urban the urban aspect of, of uh, and the way we our cities develop. And I know that back uh, in November. Uh, Last year, you actually um, released a report that was titled Urban Resilience. Uh, I look into global climate change impacts and and possible design mitigation.
1: I believe that urban resilience is going to be one of the big challenges that cities are going to face over the coming decade and and decades to come. And I think that's going to be from a number of of factors. I mean, one, if you look at the sort of uh, population growth in cities, it's been growing rapidly um, year on year. You know, we're now at a point where. You know, more than half of the world live in cities. You know, you, there's a lot of stresses on cities from, from those aspects. Alongside that, you've got challenges around climate change, and and yes, there's a lot of aspects being done to mitigate climate change. So also have to recognise that some of the impacts um, are already to be here and here to stay. Um, and cities have to be resilient in that sense to, to create these 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 shocks that come that they encounter, and whether that's a shock from climate change, a shock from population rise. Um, economic shocks. Um, so, so really, there's there's a number of things that that can be done. And rather than taking an approach of adapting to these shocks and disasters, you can actually design and integrate the city in such a way that it's resilient uh, to do that um, through the the way that the infrastructure is developed. So, so that was part of uh, of the research that that we did and sort of outlining sort of mechanisms for that. And that you know that can be ranging from things from flood protection, you know, storm protection. Um, even using sort of natural features, so you're not just putting hard infrastructure in place, but also using um, features that can enable that um, to make cities more resilient. So that's that's that was really the the basis of, of the research that we were that we were doing.
0: Can you give us an example of of uh, a local situation that either has been already uh, tackled or that you would uh, looking to? Uh, in terms of, of resilience, let's say I'm talking about Dubai or or other cities in the in, in the Seven Emirates.
1: Well I mean certainly in in Dubai, I mean the sort of climate adaptation is is top of the agenda. It's it's being led by by the Executive Council uh, of looking at ways that Dubai has to adapt for, for climate adaptation. Um, one of those areas is is you know simply as a sea level rise. So looking at coastal protection uh, resilience resilient on that. Um resilience on on storm events, you know, we've seen you know over the last year, there's been definitely um, more sort of rain, stronger rain events, and stronger storm events, um, and you know how the, the city's infrastructure can 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 better accommodate that. So, so yes, yeah, so, so I mean, that's, that's just two simple examples that we're seeing already in Dubai, and, and it's 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 sort of prudent for cities not to just plan for what's now, but also to model what what to expect um, from the future that, that of shocks that might come onto the city from either climate change or, or population growth
0: the construction industry right now what what is the the future here in the region and uh, I mean today we're doing this uh, interview also for the first time uh, online because of the restrictions of the coronavirus and uh, what is the impact of uh, this virus for example in the industry um, what measures uh, do you have in place to weather this storm?
1: I mean, from from our side um, as an organisation, our in essence, our, our obligation is protecting the fair and health of our employees, um, and you know, taking the the right measures as recommended by the government to to prevent the spread of the virus. You know, the construction sector is very adaptive. You know, this is not the first sort of shock that's hit it, um, and the real estate sector for that for that matter. And I think, you know there's still going to be a, a huge demand for, for construction, for real estate. Um, but it may, I think certain trends may be accelerated, um, by this, whether that's, you know, the trends towards online retail, the trends towards coworking, um, you know, which were already happening. And I think, I, I don't think this, this situation is necessarily going to cause U-turns or anything. I think it's just going to accelerate already moving trends. And, and I think for for the construction sector specifically i mean i've been um, speaking for for a number of years that we're basically the as a sector it's facing a bit of a perfect storm at the moment um you know aside from the the virus issues in the that there's a number of you know very big external forces that that are gearing up to really disrupt the sector um, and as an industry we have to be ready for that i mean the construction sector you know is well documented as a very very unproductive sector, you know, the productivity gains we've seen in manufacturing, in aerospace, in, in other sectors have not been replicated in construction. We're still doing things very much the same as we were 100 years ago. Um, so so there is a, a productivity crisis that's going on. There is a huge demand for construction. As I said, you know, people are moving into cities. You know, they read a statistic that the world is building the equivalent of Paris in built up area every week. So if you look at that, that's that's a huge amount of construction taking place. And then you, you kind of mirror, mirror that with, you know, the, the big push for net zero buildings, for climate change, for sustainability, um, alongside the acceleration of, of digital technology and construction technology. You know, it's almost creating the sort of perfect storm mix that we really, it's going to accelerate some real big changes to our sector, um, very positive uh, changes of things becoming a lot more productive, a lot more efficient, um, a lot more value creation being made, um, as well as a lot more sustainable. So, you know, that's something that, that we, I believe is definitely going to be happening.
0: It's really, really positive to, to hear you so confident and uh, I'm glad to hear that. I know also that uh, you've contributed to the U.A. State of the Green Economy Report uh, with a piece on driving sustainable growth in the built environment. Can you tell a bit more uh, about this? Uh, or also, what is the state of the green economy?
1: Yeah, so in essence, uh, you know, the green economy principle is 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 basically its found its foundation is that you know sustainability and economic growth don't have to be opposites that you can't have one without the other. It, it's in essence flipping that that formula to say that sustainability can drive economic growth um, and can drive job creation, um, and it's it's the new paradigm of of the. Of, of how we should how we should be looking at this. The the UAE is really pushing on 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 this as a principle. Um, they've recently they the, obviously the World Green Economy Summit, which which global summit on the green economy gets hosted in in Dubai every year. They created the World Green Economy Organization, so it's something that's that the leadership are, are really pushing, which which um, you know is very positive. Um so, so sort of the, the, the piece that I contributed to this is how this relates to the built environment and you know how sustainable buildings, net zero buildings, you know, can contribute to economic growth um, and what that might look like in, in terms of job creation, you know, and shifting and transitioning of jobs. So upskilling people um, in the deployment of renewables, you know, upskilling engineers in energy efficient design or energy efficient retrofits, um, creating job opportunities and economic growth around. Um, energy finance retrofits. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of projects now where actually the energy savings that generate can actually be the the, the mechanism, the financial mechanism to upgrade the facade on a building. So it's it's looking at these things of, of flipping the formula for, for how we can tackle um, um, sustainable uh, development.
0: Before we're talking about what sustainability means, and and that there's also a social aspect, and uh, I I know that in your own company you're really looking at this uh, side of sustainability, that you promote you know a healthy work environment. What are all the other uh, sustainable practices that you you drive internally?
1: Yeah, I mean I think we've got a number of elements that we Obviously, have to practice what we preach, and as an organisation, we we do push that. I think employee uh, employee well-being is, is a key element um, but also from a environmental aspect um, you know we, we deploy a lot of things internally whether it's from sort of waste recycling as I mentioned we made a commitment for our business to be net zero carbon um, during this year um, so th- th- those are covered as well as well as one of the key things is supporting community um, initiatives as well we we do a lot of work with with local charities and organizations um, and you know supporting um, them you know both through volunteering and, and financially, because we feel that we have an obligation um, to the communities that we, that we live in, that we work in, um, that we serve as well. So those, those are really kind of the key areas that we focus on.
0: One more thing, this there's, uh, there's buzzword that uh, has been really used this year a lot, and it's a circular economy, circularity. How do we apply this to, uh, to building and, and to construction?
1: i mean this is this is a really big important topic and i guess it's changing the paradigm to, you know from the economic cycle where we take make break you know we take resource we make something of it and then when it's finished we break it and you know it's a fairly linear model so under a circular model you know we we're, we're keeping um, resources in circularity in the system um and i think you know in, in the construction sector it's it's very important that we do that because obviously there's a lot of waste generated in construction so i think it starts from you know we take resources that we're using them effectively, um, that we're not creating waste in the first place. you know it's, we're not creating a lot of waste, concrete and cutoffs and things so so that you know efficiency of materials is first captured. Um, and then we're designing um, buildings and designing infrastructure in such a way that um, that materials or components or systems that are that are built um, be reused you know at end of life and, and can have a useful useful um, process. Um, and if not, they can be recycled. So it's it really needs, it's not just a something that, you know, the construction site and that's it. It really needs a fundamental change for how you design. And and I think we're starting to see sort of modular construction come in, you know, pods, you know, being done. So, you know, for example, in in, in your home, you might have a bathroom and you decide you want to change it. You know, you can unplug that bathroom, um, put it on eBay or Amazon, sell it buy a different pl- pod, plug it in. It's exactly the same sort of, um, dimensions to be able to accommodate that, so, so it 's actually rethinking you know the systems of how we do it, um, and that that needs not just you know a construction um, companies to approach it needs to be sort of how how we design and assemble things so that it enables this process um, to be done um, as well i mean because if you take if you take sort of uh, your car you know the wheel um, punctures or something damages you know, that component comes out and a new one, new one comes in, we need to be looking at building an infrastructure in a similar way. Um, and obviously it's not possible for every component or every system, but you know, it needs this, this new sort of paradigm shift of how we look at things.
0: We've heard a lot in the past years about eco-friendly concrete uh, or cement. Is it is it a reality?
1: Um, yeah, well, certainly using things like fly ash in, in your cement mix and things, it definitely reduces the embodied carbon um, elements to it. And I think... With all these these solutions, um, it's looking at it from a whole perspective in the sense that are we going to get, you know, um, absolutely net zero, you know, materials in a whole building? Yeah. Probably not, but it's actually looking at where where is the best we can achieve and where is the best trade-off position. You know, if it's a case of, you know, we can make the materials to be net zero, but it's going to cost us, you know, 10 times the cost, you know, is it better that we, we, we get things as... Where, are, where they need to be. And that additional, you know, investment actually gets directed into things like renewables, things like, you know, um, creating forests and carbon sinks. So I think these things need to be looked at holistically. And I'm I'm a big advocate to say that there's no, nothing is, nothing is a, you know, an evil product or an evil system. You know, it's, it's basically like it's looking at things from a whole perspective, um, holistically, globally, across all materials to, for us to achieve what we need to because you know, otherwise you know that if we say okay we can't use concrete anymore you know what's the social cost to that you know what's the economic cost to that you know it's 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 massive so it needs we need to look at these things in a whole whole system thinking
0: can connect with us on instagram at goombook that's g-o-u-m-b-o-o-k and find all of our episodes for free in apple podcast google podcast and spotify or on the web at goombook.com slash podcast thank you so much